Ohio. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. This is the Kenny and JT Show on News Talk 1480 WHBC. When I heard the news today, the Guardians are looking at a catcher. Found out this dude was a free agent. His name was Mike Zanino. I looked up his statistics. He only had like about 123 at-bats last year. What the heck happened to this guy? Well, he had season-ending surgery because I think he was caught up in some Black Friday event called thoracic outlet syndrome. That's not exactly what it was. It was some type of surgery, so I reached out to the only person that I know could really tell me who this was. So happy to join us right now from Ortho United, the one and only, the guy that we go to whenever we've got an injury, the one and only Dr. A.J. Seth. Doc, how are you today? I'm good. How are you guys? I'm I'm a lot better than this guy that got caught up in some Black Friday event. Can you tell us about this injury? Yeah. So, you know, thoracic outlet syndrome is just, it's kind of the fancy name of a condition um, that deals mostly with the nerves of your arm. It can also deal with the the arteries of your arm. And, you know, so you have these nerves that come out of your neck, and there's a whole plexus, we call it. But think of it as a bunch of wires. And those wires start at your neck, and they go down into your arm and kind of give the juice to all the muscles. Well, in order for it to follow a path, it's got to go down these little areas or tunnels, kind of think of it that way. And when you have thoracic outlet, <clears throat> what happens is that from your lower neck to the upper chest, kind of in that area, there's a space that everything goes through, and it's between the collarbone and your first rib. So imagine like a triangle. Those nerves are going through. And your neck muscles are around it. So what happens in this condition, and it's, it's usually seen in pictures, when you're doing a lot of overhead activities, you're kind of narrowing that triangle. And when that narrows, you start to get these symptoms down the arm of numbness, kind of tingling. Um, if it's more putting pressure on the artery, is when you'll start to get, like, lack of blood flow to the arm. But most of the time, it's what we call neurogenic or mm-hmm. dealing with the nerves. And it's, it's just that where those nerves come in that tunnel between the first rib and the collarbone, those muscles around there, they're just kind of squeezing the nerve. And you can imagine, especially an overhead athlete, you know, every time you're moving your arm, those muscles of your neck, the muscle shoulders, are, can put pressure on that plexus. And it's pretty rare, mm-hmm. but... There's more and more you're seeing it in baseball players, predominantly pitchers, not positional Well, Doc, the question's got to be this. Did he definitely have to have surgery, or is this something that might go away on its own? Maybe you could do some therapy? Yeah, so there's always – generally, you don't do surgery as a first line unless it's putting pressure on an artery. And at that stage, you pretty much need to do a surgery. In his case, and what a lot of people do is you try physical therapy. What he underwent is Botox. 
Um, and that's like an injection. And you think about it, what it's doing is it's basically calming the neck muscles in that area. And if you calm them, they're not going to put pressure on that nerve flexes. So you try to do everything you can non-operatively. And, and, and that's what he did. Obviously, or unfortunately, in his case, it, it, it didn't work. And what they end up doing is they take actually that first rib they take out. Okay. And so some people have this kind of anomaly where they have an extra rib, you take that out. If they don't have that, you take out the first rib. And when you do it, you know, now there's a huge space for it to go through. You know, I tell patients, it's kind of like you take a 16 ounce cup, you're cutting it, making a bigger tunnel. Now you have 32 ounces to, to pour coffee in. Same thing here. Now that first rib is gone. It basically, when he swings a bat or throws, you know, does anything, He's not causing those neck muscles to push down in that triangle. So how long is the recovery period from a surgery like that? Yeah, so it's, most of it is what, you know, as long as there's no complication or anything, it's not a huge long rehab, except you're basically trying to rebuild those muscles. Um, there was studies done, and again, it's mostly on pitchers, where 80, I think it was 80% of pitchers returned to a normal career who had it done and had no complications, you know, went back to their level of, of, of functioning. You know, the, the biggest problem, though, is it takes an average of about a year to diagnose it. Um, and the prime example was uh, Steven Strasburg had it. It took him almost a year for them to diagnose it. You know, they did uh, like a carpal tunnel release. They did shoulder stuff, not realizing this is what it was. And then he ended up having surgery with it. Um, and so it's, it's not an easy diagnosis. You know, very few times does somebody come into the office and you're like, oh, you have thoracic outlet syndrome. It, it, it starts to come when you're kind of ruling everything else out and they're getting that numbness and tingling. And if you look, most of these major leaguers, it's not like a torn hamstring or an ACL where you could tell right away. This, like I said, the average is about a year. Um, and, and I'll tell you, in his case, which is interesting, his production was really low this year. Um, and then Jared Walsh, who's out with the Angels, he just had the same surgery about a month, two months ago. He had the same thing where he had a tremendous amount of home runs a year ago and then had a horrible season this year. Same thing as the catcher here. He had 33 home runs, I think, the year before. This year, terrible season. Right. You're actually possibly getting somebody who pretty cheap for someone who can still go back to doing what he did before because I personally think start of spring training, he will have no problems with this whatsoever, and especially it's his non-throwing arm. So it actually could be a pretty big pickup for them. Is this a surgery you guys do there at uh, Ortho United? No, so this is usually it's done by a vascular surgeon. Ooh, um, okay. You know, and it's because you got those big arteries and the veins there, and they end up usually doing it. A lot of times we will diagnose it. Actually, okay. I just saw two patients and end up having them do the surgery. So for the Guardians in making this signing, he had the surgery. I'm looking at a story here, Doc, Okay. He had yeah. the surgery on July 28th, okay? Yeah. Here we are. We're uh, almost 
at the end of December, end of this year. Spring training is end of February, beginning of March, regular season, uh, April 1st. Uh, are we, in your opinion, uh, could he be ready for the beginning of the season? Or, like you said, a year? Are we looking more like into June and July? No, I, I personally think he'll be ready for spring training. Um, oh, wow. You know, when we talk about a year, it takes, you know, most surgeries take a, a year for full recovery. But I don't foresee him having any problems, especially since non-throwing as a catcher. But I, I would be surprised if he's not, you know, in spring training. Um, in shape, ready to go. Um, uh, this is something where, you know, you hope, because once that first rib is resected, they're not going to generally be getting the same oh. symptoms, hopefully, anymore. And when you see someone's production go down that much um, in just a year, and that's why I say it takes a year to diagnose it, it's very likelihood he had a long course of this before it was diagnosed, he should go back to just as he was before he started getting the symptoms. That's interesting. Doc, I want to take you back to October of last year. I come in to see you at Omni, now Ortho, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, I had a carpal tunnel. But one of the questions you asked me was, did I have any nerve damage coming out of my neck? Could it have been maybe leading towards thoracic outlet syndrome? Yeah, so... Anytime you, you, like somebody comes in with carpal tunnel, which is the compression of the nerve in the hand, you often want to make sure that there's no signs of compression elsewhere. Okay, so if you think of it this way, you got your spinal cord. So is the nerve getting pinched in the spinal cord? And then you start to go down the arm. And there's different areas nerves can get pinched. One is the thoracic outlet syndrome. Um, and then it's the carpal tunnel. You know, like for Steven Strasburg, he was kind of upset. They thought he had carpal tunnel and did it. He never got any better. And then he sees somebody and ends up being thoracic outlet syndrome. So whenever I do it, I got to make sure there's no other place that could be compressing the nerve, you know, where we would have to address that. Because I got to tell you, if I did have thoracic outlet syndrome and I missed the sale at the Nike store at Aurora Farms, I'm going to be really hot. (laughs) (laughs) I can imagine. Absolutely. That's a very common thing no patients ever say. Yeah. Dealing with us two idiots, uh, God bless you for that. Anytime we have questions about uh, athletes and their injuries and their surgeries, we go to Dr. A.J. Seth from Ortho United. Anytime we have injuries, we go to Dr. Seth from Ortho United. Anytime there's a sale at the outlet mall, we call Dr. Seth. There you go. So he takes care of all of that. Hey, off the subject of baseball and the Guardians with Zanino, watching the Monday night game last night and seeing uh, Murray go down with a a knee injury without any contact whatsoever, we find out today it is a torn ACL. Doc, why are we seeing so many non-contact ACL injuries these days? Because when I was in high school, JT was in high school and college, an ACL injury usually happened during a play where there was a, a tackle and the knee bent the wrong way and everything like that. Now these guys are in the open field and they go down. Why are we seeing so many of those? You know, so my first opinion has been about turf. Um, you know, before you had, you know, we all had grass, and then you had the Astrodome, dome, which was basically carpet on cement. Um, right. But if you look at all the fields now, they're all turf. And what I really think is sometimes that turf doesn't give like grass would. 
you know. Now, last night, Doc, it, that's a grass field in Arizona. They roll that in and roll it out. So that's why I was surprised by it last huh, that's night. Because usually that's what my biggest thing is, is that you're getting it from the turf. That's where I see a lot of it. Um, in his case, if it's on grass, yeah. it's, it's just a, a, a flu thing that happens, um, you know, because you don't see that super often when someone just goes down like that. I personally, though, if it, you know, for everywhere else, if you ask me, it, it definitely deals with the turf. Are the athletes, and this is going to sound strange, and then we'll get uh, and let you go here, Doc. Are the athletes getting too fast, too quick, too strong for, for their joints and their bodies? Yeah, you know, that's an interesting question. I don't know if you remember David Boston out of Ohio State. Sure. Um, David Boston got so big and so muscular, he could barely even play wide receiver anymore. And and that's a, a, a good point there. Your body can only take so much. And I tell people, you know, people do steroids, but there comes a point where your tendons and your ligaments can only support so much. Um, and, yeah, if all of a sudden people are getting bigger and stronger, you are going to get some changes, I think, in 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 these injuries. Um, can I say that for sure? No. But right. there has been a higher predominance of, you see these ACLs, you know, much more than you did before. Um, and, you know, a lot of these guys are getting bigger, stronger. Uh, your hits are a lot harder what they you know, as you get bigger, stronger. So, yeah, there's always a possibility. Doc, we always appreciate the time, the insight on everything that you give us. Thanks so much for jumping on board with us here and continued success uh, coming January 1, 2023, when uh, Omni and Spectrum uh, create Ortho United officially. Hey, great. Always talking. great talking to you guys. You guys have a nice holiday if I don't talk to you before then.